Hello, everybody. This is Dan Woods from Early Adopter Research on the Designing Enterprise Platforms podcast. Today, I'm really excited to talk to two gentlemen from Apps Associates, a leading firm that helps people migrate their Oracle applications and databases to different platforms. Uh, we're talking with Paul Vian, SVP of Sales and Marketing, and Bill Saltis, SVP of Alliances. Um, we're talking to them today about the escape hatch from Oracle research mission on early adopter research. As many of you know, the escape hatch from Oracle research mission is all about educating people about the choices they have when they manage their Oracle relationship. It's a very complicated and interesting issue, and we do a lot of different podcasts about it. And today what we're going to do is look at what App Associates can tell us about how to navigate a Oracle migration journey uh, in the lowest risk, highest productivity way. And they've recently done an ebook about uh, many of the topics that are relevant to this journey, and we're going to be covering what they found out in that ebook as well. But first, let's get to know uh, Bill and Paul a little bit better. Uh, so, guys, could you just introduce yourselves and tell us very briefly the Apps Associates story? Certainly. Sure. Uh, Bill Saltis, SVP of Alliances at Apps Associates. And, Paul, why don't you um, introduce yourself and, and give an overview? Yeah, thanks, Bill. Yeah, Paul Vine, I'm SVP of Sales and Marketing at Apps Associates, Dan. So to give you a little color and backdrop on, on Apps Associates, the company was founded in 2002, headquartered in Massachusetts, and we help customers migrate and manage Oracle applications to the cloud. We're fairly unique in the fact that we're a premier consulting partner um, of AWS, but we're also a platinum partner of Oracle. And through both strategic consulting and managed services, we're helping our customers get those legacy Oracle applications to the cloud. In addition to that, we also specialize in the integrations, analytics, and Salesforce projects for our customers. Excellent. And so the, one of the things that you said in your ebook uh, marketing material is that you have completed a large number of uh, migrations to the cloud. How many have you done so far? That's correct, Dan. So we've done uh, just over 160 workload migrations to the cloud, specifically to AWS. And we've also done over 70 migrations to Oracle Cloud Applications, which is essentially the SaaS platform, Dan. Got it. Now, in your ebook, you covered a variety of issues that were related to these migrations. Um, could you explain the rationale for the ebook and some of the more important learnings? Yeah, the, um, what we were finding, Dan, is as we began to talk to customers and prospective customers, there was hesitation in the market to, to move, um, migrate off of their legacy on-premise Oracle applications. And we wanted to get a broader perspective um, from decision makers across the landscape and understand why, what were the the pivot points and why they were hesitating. What were the, the recurring themes? We have heard it over and over again, but we wanted to see if there was commonality with a broader set. So we, 
we interviewed over 300 IT decision makers who'd actually had control uh, of their budget uh, and influence of what they're going to do with those Oracle applications um, and, and produced this uh, ebook, which was solidly behind and supported some of the information that we uh, heard over the years. Now, some of the, the more common myths in this area are that it's impossible to actually migrate a workload from an on-premise license to the AWS or, or other platforms. Yeah, that, that was one of the myths. Um, it's good that you pointed it out. It, it came down to we asked the question uh, around feasibility. Um, and clearly, um, if I look at the data, you know, almost three in five, 57% of the uh, decision makers said, while they know going to cloud is the way forward, they weren't sure how to get there. More importantly, as we drilled down to specifics around those IT decision makers with legacy Oracle applications in their footprint, four in five, uh, near 79% wanted to move to cloud, either public or private, uh, infrastructure, but feel there was felt there was way too many risks uh, with moving to a third-party non-Oracle cloud environment. Um, so, with that information coming out, uh, it it supported what we have been hearing. It really is a, a, a complex, um, you know, conundrum uh, in in a couple of layers. I'll, I'll put it this uh, break it down this way, Dan. Um, first of all, you get the, the it just can't be done, right? Can and, it be done? And, and the, 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 the can't it be done, the it can't be done message is the idea that your license doesn't allow it. That, that, that's often the, the, uh, the, the, the attitude people have that you encounter in the marketplace, isn't it? Right. Um, well, the first layer is really just, just technical feasibility. Um, gee, I, I don't think I can do it, right? It's performance hit or, or compatibility issues. And of course, we've been doing this since 2012. In other words, putting Oracle workloads onto public and private cloud, right? Knowing what to do and how to do that. So that provides a, a assurance to them with the experience that we have and the success we've had over the years and we can provide that those credentials and that information to them. So that removes the first layer. Then and, and, and just to make sure that they were on the same page, you're not arguing that there aren't issues in technical feasibility. There, you're, things may work differently. Things may have to be done. But it's possible to solve them and have a high-performance experience once you, the migration is done and you're working on AWS. That's right, Dan. You you have it exactly right. So over you build up run books, you build up methodology, you build up processes that help support that to make it very repeatable. But you're absolutely right. The second layer to that question of feasibility is exactly what you brought up. The mitigating factors or the extenuating circumstances that, that include license, that includes support, that includes security, that includes, hey, my costs are here, costs are out of control when I go to the cloud. You know, all of those things that start to, you know, weigh upon it, when you put the two together, it causes hesitation. Like, mm, I don't think I'm going to move my Oracle environment. Right. And then I'm assuming there's another layer, which is just how the impact of this migration is going to have on the internal users of this application. Exactly. So what, what it boils down to me is that it's all about change, change management, 
right? No different than any other paradigm shift or IT uh, area that we have seen over the years. You, you and I have seen many of these shifts, whether it be client server or, or what have you, where you have to take your entire organization and the business users um, and the knowledge work shift, right? Uh, so change management is really at the crux of the underlying. It's sort of a mask over all of this, just causing hesitation. Once you, uh, once you apply best practices and methods and approaches to change management that we've seen and done many times and, and, and companies have gone through, then there's sort of a relaxation that, okay, it's not a rush to the cloud. It's a controlled process to the cloud. And what other uh, findings did your ebook uh, 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 reveal? Well, we should take up license. Paul, you want to touch upon that that one that came out? Yeah, so, so that's good conversation around license, Dan. That typically comes up early. And, and in fact, we proactively bring it up when we're talking to clients. You know, that, that process of what we refer to as a bring your own license. So you're essentially taking that license and you're moving that license across to a third party cloud, like a, a public or a private cloud. And quite often, some of the early misconception or concern is, if I do this, I'm, I'm going to get audited. You know, if I move my license somewhere else, um, and, you know, it's a non-Oracle cloud, then I'm probably going to get audited. When in reality, you're actually either more likely to be audited or, or less likely to be audited if, if you move that license. Um, and that's just one of the myths that's out there today. In fact, if we're talking about authorized clouds and, and licensing, there is a published document by Oracle that was released in early 2017, which certifies both AWS and Microsoft um, as authorized third-party clouds. So the important part here is to have that conversation up front, to get in front of those licensing agreements, which can be very complicated depending on the type of agreement and how many agreements that you have. And it's at that time, Dan, that we can bring in a, a third-party licensing audit expert that, that can take a look through those contracts and help that customer navigate before they actually move that sort of bring your own license onto the third-party cloud. Well, that's one of the reasons that we launched the escape hatch from Oracle research mission on early adopter, because there's so many dimensions to your Oracle relationship. And then when you try to optimize it, you have to think about many different things at once, all of the things that we've been talking about so far. And so clearing that up is, is the goal of our research mission. Now, uh, let's now start talking about a, an outline of how this actually happens in real life. You guys have gone through your, you know, the, 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 the large amount of migrations you've had. And uh, let's first talk about what the motivations are and then talk about how you guys navigate that journey. Uh, uh, what are the stages of the journey? And, and then what are the problems that people come up with in each of the stages? So when people, when you engage with somebody, why are they calling you? What is, what is, what is it that is the, is the suffering that they're trying to alleviate by migrating their workload? Yeah, so, so I'll pick that one off and, and then hand over to you. But, and I, I think if I take the, the, the answer to that question back to the first workload that we migrated in 2012, it was really driven by customer curiosity and demand. So, hey, we've moved our other applications to the cloud. 
we've got this Oracle environment that's been sprawling out in our data center, and we're, we're not sure if we can move it. So it's largely been driven by customer demand, where they're starting on that journey of moving other applications to the cloud, and they're asking us, can we move Oracle applications to the cloud? Is it possible? So that, that certainly is where it starts. Where it really evolves from there is we, we've taken a, a toe into the water. We've moved some applications into the cloud. We realize that there's plenty of innovation to be had in the cloud. How can we continue on this journey? So one part of it is that lift and shift that we just talked about. How do we move those applications into the cloud? But the innovation from, from there. So how can we then perhaps refactor or change some of these applications or move in different areas? And of course, once you move into a large third-party cloud like an AWS, those options to really innovate um, and move away from just sort of that operate and run methodology is what's really pushing customers on. Um, and the fact that there's choice then. So I get the impression that what you're really saying is that Oracle is never the first application that people are moving to the cloud, that normally they are moving to the cloud for a variety of reasons, both business and technical. And then at some point they go, wait, shouldn't we finish the job and take the rest of our portfolio? And that's when the Oracle question comes up. Right. Yeah, if I could address that one a little bit, Dan, you know, it, it came out vividly in the, in the ebook in the survey that we did with the decision makers. Almost nine out of 10, 86% say that their senior management have now mandated a cloud adoption strategy. Um, so they have to move most things to the cloud or, you know, continue on that journey to get into the cloud. And then when you really look at that, is it really the senior management that's driving it? Well, yeah, but it's, it's competition in, in pace of innovation. That's really the underlying reason. There's economics involved with that analysis, TCO analysis, and, and, and so forth. But um, if the, the, the crux of it is if you don't do it, your competition surely is doing it, and consumer expectation is driving it right? Uh, it's just the way things are moving and cloud is enabling all of that. So, uh, so but, but, but from an Oracle specific perspective, your Oracle application running in your on-premise and your Oracle application running in the cloud, how much more innovative are you going to be, you know, on that application? Isn't there, there are much more there, where that application is hosted is not really the, the most uh, important thing about the innovation you're going to be able to do with that application, right? Correct. So it's more about the entire adoption cycle for the, for the organization, moving it from your on-premise uh, data center into the cloud in and of itself is not going to move the needle uh, in terms of if it was only that, that's why this is one of the last workloads, right? It's working. It's running the business today. There's no reason to move it. But if you've got to keep a data center up and running in utilities, people, and so forth, the cost of that starts, there's a diminishing return where you want to get it out as well so you can start to turn down some of the needs that you have there. Once you have it there, 
then there are interesting plays, or even in the way that you... Well, well, well before we get to those, the, the, the after case, let's talk a little bit about the process. Mm-hmm. Um, when you uh, m- move something to the cloud, you know, the, there's a lot of other considerations, like how are you going to uh, provision it? What size of you know, uh, uh, environment do you need? Because there's, there's an, a myriad of choices of you know, different kinds of EC2 instances, different kinds of storage, different backup strategies, um, you know, different operational uh, uh, strategies, different security strategies. And so uh, I assume that many of these have already been worked out, you know, because people have moved and, and are living in the cloud already. What are the Oracle-specific uh, considerations you have when you're, you're doing a migration? Well, you have to consider the and analyze the whole tech stack. One is where the current state is, and and then the future state, as you as you noted, you know whether it be EC two and the size and so, things like that. But there are also Oracle prerequisites that are that are required in your infrastructure and in 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 the supporting the tech stack up to the application. That has to be replicated and and built in this new cloud environment, right? Um, so we've had to, uh, over the years, build the run books, build the performance, but those are very specific to Oracle. In fact, we've had situations where customers have had um, bad experience where they've either done it themselves or they've had other providers do it. They were not Oracle providers, but they've you know, been cloud migration specialists. And then they hit this thing called Oracle, and, and all of a sudden – you know, those prerequisites that were in configurations were not applied properly, and it was very, you know, you work or non so, so, so just to, to, to simplify that a little bit, the idea is that you plan your, your, your footprint for your Oracle application. You move your application to adapt to that footprint, but then there's a surrounding operational sort of process uh, infrastructure, and that process infrastructure is going to work with new tooling uh, in, in the cloud. In addition, the configuration of the Oracle application is going to be different. And so to make it work as, as seamlessly as it was on premise, you have to replicate all that, but you don't only have to replicate it, you have to adapt it, both the using the cloud tooling and getting that right, and also adapting the different Oracle configuration to get that to adapt and, and, and better fit into the cloud environment. And then once you do those things, then you actually, your application works as well as it can on the cloud. Absolutely correct. In fact, one of the myths that came out, if you will, or one of the repeated questions, the number one actually was around security. Um, 97% of the respondents said security is an issue. Well, of course, we know that that's, you know, that's pervasive and you security is job one. You have to make sure. When you go to the cloud, as you're pointed out, you're adapting to new tools, new environments. You know, generation one of cloud computing was a little bit behind on that. You're trying to use on-premise tools and readapt them into the cloud didn't work as well. Over the last five years, all these cloud-native approaches, the resources, the dollars that the hyperscalers have put in, AWS and others, right, um, has brought a very robust and hardening effect to the security environment. Of course, uh, you're still, still responsible. You, you're still responsible yes. for using those tools properly. You're still Correct. responsible for supplementing if you need to, but it's no longer uh, as, as much heavy lifting and as much complexity as it used to be. 
That's correct. And and you and you hit the nail on the head. You're still responsible, so you still need to do it properly. Most of the data breaches and the problems that you see are interestingly are, are with on-premise environments. And as you know, right, it happens from the inside out. And it could just be simple human error. Well, in the, but in the cloud, you can also leave the keys, you know, <laughs> in your car with the doors open and the wheels windows rolled down. And then when you do that, it's not just, you didn't do it in your own parking lot. You did it in a globally accessible field. So, you know, being careful and being competent is, uh, is really important, uh, but it's possible. Absolutely. Got it. So, so we've got the, so you, you, you've got the, so far the ability to migrate to the right environment, to adapt to the new environment, to secure the new environment. Now, now we can get to the issue that you were starting to talk about before. What are the opportunities for improving the productivity, improving the performance, improving the value that you get from an Oracle application once you've done the migration? Well, the breadth of services that you have um, in the new uh, cloud environment with the retooling that we talked about with the optimization that happens, with the flexibility that happens, provides another uh, level of, of, of support for the innovation, which is what you're really after. You're really after transforming the business. Um, and in fact, um, that is uh, when we have the discussions uh, that we talked about earlier around what's stopping you from getting to the cloud, uh, a lot of people forget that they're really uh, the end game is the transformation of the business. Um, so that I would say that's the number one, um, you know, outcome that you have to keep in front of you. Got it. But what are you able to do better uh, with respect to the transformation of the business now that the application is in the cloud? Well, the first and foremost is, you know, uh, and, and we're, most of it is going, it's, it's software controlled environment. So it's a, whether it's SDDC or it's, you know, DevOps, those enablers that are being provided in the cloud environment is absolutely necessary for the future. Um, you know, but how, uh, but, but I guess my, my question is about the Oracle specific application. And, and if the answer is that, you know, being in the cloud, you know, has operational benefits being in the cloud, you know, has some benefits with respect to opening up new possibilities for integration. But, you know, an Oracle application is an Oracle application and you're going to use it and get the benefit of it pretty much the same way on premise or in the cloud. It does, it's not a transformative effect about the value of the specific Oracle application. Right. But the, but the, uh, when you're in the cloud, you do have those uh, enablers that I was just talking about. For, for example, um, one example is Apps Associates is building out uh, optimization layers, you know, a DevOps layer to control things like cloning, patching, that those are things that we couldn't do, uh, you know, on premise that now with the software environments for both public and private actually um, are allowing us to do uh, much more uh, efficiently. So the, so the level of automation of the uh, the operational and, and 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 administrative aspects can go up, and in the control, like cost control and things like that, all have to be optimized and controlled right. by software. 
but but that's that's sort of like you know the maintenance of, of it it's not necessarily the application itself becoming more powerful correct absolutely not yeah you know the, the other way of looking at it um, in addition to the application story is once you've moved into an environment where there's the ability to potentially evolve um, so maybe that's a database for example you're moving a database um, that you've been running on Oracle and you're moving it into an AWS environment, the possibility of then moving from that database into another database, uh, which is you know, hosted by AWS, for example. So there, there's different options once you get into the cloud. It's not just completely limited, uh, but to the point that you make on the application, not a huge amount of change other than what Bill described but it does open the door to other possibilities. And, and that, that is one just there, refactoring of databases, as an Got example. It. And so the idea is that once you move uh, to the cloud and you wanna do a migration perhaps to a cloud version of the application or to another application entirely, uh, you know, that becomes easier because you're in a more automated, more, more software controlled environment. Correct. Got it. So now, what are the common mistakes that people make, you know, during these migrations? You know, what is your advice to people about getting this right? Well, uh, from my perspective, I go back to what I said earlier about change management. Number one is you have to embrace that this is uh, this is about change management. You have to you have to apply best practices for change management. Number one. Um, you know, secondly is after you embrace it, you do have to completely plan it out just as you pointed out, right? You, you can't just haphazardly move your environment over. It has to be according to practices that, that are proven, right? Methodologies, tools, et cetera, uh, plan it out. And then after you've done that, you start the execution and that could be phased your applications and other parts of the environment, but get it over there. And then, of course, you can't forget about governance. So if you follow those steps properly, um, you, you will be successful. You will get the benefits of the cloud. If you think it's just a lift and shift or something like that, that's where you get bit. Got it. And so, like, when you uh, get called, which I'm sure you do from people who've tried to do a migration and then had it blow up in their face, what are the mistakes that they make, you know, uh, with regard to doing the migration that you can help them undo? Well, so sometimes you have to start over, but, but it's usually around the, what I mentioned earlier was the prerequisites are not applied correctly. The configurations are wrong. Um, they're using the wrong uh, structure. So the cost is, you know, out of whack with where they should be. They can be much more cost effective. All those things are assessed and well, tweaked. And give me an example of some of those, each of those categories. Like what, what are some pre prerequisites that you can get wrong? Well, you, you, your configurations of the Oracle application environment, including the database, um, you know, the solution architects have a spe specific um, uh, parameters that have to be set up, right? And, and even down to the, the point of the sizing of it and the, and the duplicity of it, all have to be done and followed according to a, a prescription. Um, if any of those are not followed properly, same as on-premise, but now for the cloud environment. Um, and we have seen some pretty bizarre um, <laughs> setups on that, as you can imagine. 
Got it. So the idea is that they, the, the, it, it's misconfigured to fit into the computing environment that, it, that, it's, that, it's, that it's in. Yes. Are, are there any other specific uh, uh, problems that people run into that, that you found over and over again? Uh, they vary. Uh, performance is another area um, that, again, if, you, if, you, if it's set up wrong. So, for example, you, you, it's natural if you're going across availability zones or a global environment. Uh, there's a lot of areas in that environment where your performance will suffer. Um, so you'll have to you'll have to take into consideration cl the cloud computing environment that you're doing and how you do the replication, how you do um, recovery, how you do availability uh, properly. That's not only with Oracle that applies generally, but certainly knowing Oracle and uh, how it works uh, comes into the play here. Do people? Um have uh, much of a challenge in terms of using uh, their data protection system or their backup system? Does, does, is that, are there any issues there or does that happen pretty smoothly? That happens smoothly. A lot of times they replace it, um, particularly, you know, data, data backup where they might be having tapes. Um, you know, that kind of just goes away. Got it. So they, they just do whatever the modern backup system they moved to in the cloud was. Right. Got it. Um, and, uh, uh, do you find that the, that Oracle treats people who do migrations with any degree of hostility? Because, you know, one of the reasons we're doing the, the escape hatch from Oracle research mission is that many customers are afraid of Oracle. Many customers are nervous about Oracle's power to audit them and gain leverage over them in a business negotiation. And they don't want to anger Oracle. Now, you guys have seen all of these migrations happen. Have you seen that Oracle has reacted in any negative way after these uh, migrations have taken place? Paul, you want to uh, talk from your perspective on uh, um, the customer side? I can add to that um, more from a technical point of view as well. But Sure. Yeah. So, so Dan, I think first and foremost, the, the the conversation is always the choice and you know oracle has a view of, of the choice uh whether to educate uh, the choice outside of oracle as well if the customer so wishes to choose that uh but the reality is that you're, you know you're talking about the migration itself and when that happens and uh repercussions the answer is no i mean as i mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast AWS is a certified third-party cloud. So there are, I've not seen any repercussions once the migration has moved through. Anything prior to that, again, is, is just more positioning and posturing around, you know, hey, move to my cloud or this infrastructure is better or, or you know, perhaps don't move there. Bill, I don't know if you want to add to that. That's right. It's, it's more of a... Uh, pre-evaluation when you're trying to determine Oracle's cloud versus another cloud or what whether you should go to cloud or not, uh, you'll get is normal. You know, it's a sales cycle. So the sellers will try to say, hey, you know, you can't go there or it's difficult to go there or you use my solution. Um, that That's that's normal with any, any product. So, so they're going to hear it from Oracle. Um, and they have to evaluate, step back and evaluate. But once they have gone, as Paul said, 
Um, we haven't seen any instance since 2012 where, you know, they can't get support from Oracle, you know, that doesn't happen, or that they're out of compliance if they planned correctly going into it. Got it. And so the all of the hygiene that we mentioned, other, other stories we have on our research mission about understanding your um, licensing, uh, understanding your, your uh, uh, licensing entitlement, understanding where you want to go with all that. All of those things that we write about in, in our other stories are, are really important to have straight. And then you can run this in an orderly process. And so essentially what Absolutely. you're saying is that if you decide to declare to Oracle, I'm going to bring my own license to a cloud, you should expect that they were going to try to sell you on bringing your own license to the Oracle cloud. They're going to do everything that they do in their normal sales cycle to encourage you to, to, to make that. But once you've, it's clear to them that they're not going to get that sale, they're not going to, you haven't found that they've punished people extraordinarily in any, in any unusual way for moving to the AWS cloud. Correct. It's, it's a highly competitive landscape, as you'd imagine, the, the cloud wars down. And, and again, it's that, that education process that certainly make the migration, um, provide support moving forwards. And as Bill said, since 2012, where we did the very first e-business suite migration to, to AWS, We've not seen any issues. Okay. Well, this has been great. I think we've really uh, learned something about, you know, how to get this Oracle migration journey right. We've learned that it's possible. We've learned that the, the areas that you have to pay attention to and, uh, uh, and some of the benefits of, of getting this right. And so I really appreciate your guys uh, joining me today and talking to us about uh, topics that are related to the escape hatch from Oracle research mission. For those people who are interested in finding about more about how to empower themselves in their Oracle relationship, go to earlyadopter.com and look for the Escape Hatch from Oracle Research Mission and all the uh, description of the mission and all the stories that we've written there. And, and this podcast will be used uh, to help us continue that research. So thank you guys very much. Thank, thank you, you Dan. Thank you.